I, I've been fulfilled by, um, by experiences of getting to work abroad, getting to work with people of various different cultures, backgrounds, insights. Um, and these are things that I think so uniquely can actually be found in the work environment, and especially in working for a large multinational. I just knew it. It's like I, I cannot get more comfortable here. If I start getting more money and more privilege, I'm not leaving. So I have to leave now. <laughs> Welcome to Who Rules Your Life? Podcasting with the people who live their purpose. Newman. I'm a journalist. I live in London, UK, and all around me people have been losing their jobs. Many more are stuck in the jobs they don't enjoy. And I'm looking for an opportunity in this crisis. Will it help me to connect to my work in a more meaningful way? In my search for meaningful work, I was lucky to meet Tina Bieber. She's my co-host from Amsterdam, and she has introduced me to the concept of life purpose. Tina and I have been talking to so many people around the world who live their purpose, men and women from all walks of life, who feel connected to their energy, who are confident about their place in the world, and who choose how to live their life. They're better at coping with change, they have less fear, they take responsibility for their decisions without blaming anyone, and they're able to help others without resentment or a burnout. I call this to rule your life, not to control it, because you can't control your life or even your career. Jobs will come and go. And guided by your life purpose, you can keep doing your work. I know that so many people right now know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's the beauty of podcasting. So get in touch if you want to share your story to inspire others on their search. Our email address is who rules your life at yahoo.com in one word. If you're currently looking for your life purpose, which can be a painful process, perhaps you will find an inspiration on our website, whorulesyourlife.com with dashes between words. Now, in our first episode of the series, we are discussing the first step. If you begin to feel the connection to your life purpose and you're still employed, you may find that you're pulled away from the security of your job. Now, I'm not saying that it happens to everyone. However, it might happen to you. At which point should you and can you walk away? Companies with a wonderful purpose of their own are not interested in yours. They pay you to do their job. So today we are talking to two people one working for a large multinational and another one who has abandoned a successful corporate career. Both are connected to their life purpose and both are friends of my purpose-driven co-host, Tina Beaver. Over to you, Tina. That's it. Thank you, Dina. <laughs> yeah, I'm super happy to be here with you guys today and to welcome our guests. Welcoming Eleni Favero from Sao Paulo, Brazil and Tim White, currently situated in Amsterdam. Um, just to give a little bit of an outline about like how, how I actually met you guys, right? So I met Eleni via this 
um, yeah, this community called Radical. And um, it's about like progressive work. And we got in touch already like one and a half years ago. And then this year in January, I booked a flight to Sao Paulo. So I called up Eleni and I was like, Eleni, you know, I think we should do a project because I just don't want to be only a tourist in, uh, in Sao Paulo and in Brazil. So um, we created this uh, amazing workshop together and started working together since then. And um, yeah, we're actually building a house together now in Brazil. And um, yeah, Tim is practically my neighbor. <laughs> we, we started talking a lot about um, different kind of uh, methods in, in work, how customer service works. That's actually how we started out talking. And then we had a lot of interesting conversations about okay, how can we make impact in, in a static system and whatnot and, um, and what is actually our purpose in life? So I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. And I'm wondering, Tim, you are big on your purpose and yet you work in a stable job in a corporate environment. How do you align this? Or have you just sold out? And let's be frank about it and admit it. So, no, I don't think I've sold out, um, although maybe you want to ask uh, maybe my friends from childhood about that uh, as well. But no, I, I think one of the interesting things that I found in my, uh, in my career path over the last um, decade or so is, is really that I, I've been fulfilled by, um, by experiences of getting to work abroad, getting to work with people of various different cultures, backgrounds, insights. Um, and these are things that I think so uniquely can actually be found in the work environment, and especially in working for a large multinational. And I think my purpose in terms of just trying to also create change and trying to influence with my thoughts and ideas, um, you know, a broader organization and then uh, subsequently even a broader industry uh, is another big area where I think I can almost only fulfill that in some way in, in the sort of role and, and, and in the ways that I'm actually operating uh, as part of my job. So. No, I think, and, and maybe I'm just lucky, uh, but I have been able to sort of make things work to be able to greatly fulfill in everything I do from a work side. Um, but I don't, I, I think it also just requires constantly looking at it and constantly making sure that I am aligned with what I want to get out of my life, what fulfills me and gets me out of bed in the morning, and obviously with uh, what's paying the bills and what's putting food on the table. Um, but I've been able to make it work. <laughs> okay, what's the company you're working for? Uh, Teva Pharmaceuticals. So we're actually the, the world's largest uh, generics medicine provider. So we, we produce uh, a lot of medicine for a lot of people around the world. My God. Well, it sounds like a uh, big organization. And if you really can genuinely make an impact, you must be pretty high up in that organization. Are you a big boss then? I probably I mean, if you if you look on the org charts, uh, probably um, and uh, this is something Tina and I discuss a lot about organizations and hierarchy and such. But well, I, mean, I, I am say, yeah, so sorry, I, sorry to interrupt, but Tim has like every single title in his title. <laughs> it's very impressive. If you look him up on LinkedIn, you'll see it. It's a whole sentence. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm working on simplifying that. I think I need a good PR person to, to shorten it up a bit. But uh, yeah, no, I so so what I do basically in, in, in short is is uh, driving all of the digital transformation efforts for the company. And um, so it is a big responsibility. Uh, it means sort of looking after a, a pretty large team and, and, and budget responsibilities and all that stuff that comes with a corporation. But um, but as I said, at the same point, I think it also allows me day in and day out to work with different countries, companies, cultures, um, people, uh, you know, and that, that I think is really a large part of what, what fulfills me and what I do. Um, it's very different now in COVID times because it's all behind screens. Uh, a lot of in the past that was actually driven much more in person and actually getting to visit these places and spend time with people. 
um, but it's still more or less the same fundamental elements of getting to drive large transformation and also get to work with people and actually experience other cultures and have different experiences outside of my own world. And uh, Eleni, uh, I think you have an equally impressive career. So you were a, a lawyer for nine years in Sao Paulo. That could not have been an easy job. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't. So you pursued that sort of corporate world too, right? Yes, I I worked uh, as a tax lawyer for nine years um, since I I started as a law clerk. And the thing is, you, you, you start going for it and then you start getting some money and then you start getting some independence. And then as the time goes by, it gets like um, something really comfortable. And then you start getting noticed by it, which is really good. I got to work in three really big companies in Sao Paulo. Uh, one was uh, associated to an American office called Square Sanders and Dempsey, and I learned a lot. And um, I worked in really big cases for that for that office, and the challenges of it uh, were pretty were pretty amazing. And that's great. So once you arrived at the stage of being comfortable, what more do you want from life? And why are you not a tax lawyer anymore? Yeah, what happened is that at some point I I I started to understand that my personality. Uh, I had to hide some parts of my personality and things that I like to do so I could be accepted. I didn't feel that I could bring the things that I have inside that really strong, like creativity. You can you don't get to be really creative about laws. And also things that I like to camp and I, I like the nature. And that's not the concept of success you have inside of the law world. You're expected to spend a lot of money because you make money. So you're expected to spend a lot of money in big hotels and doing what everybody is doing. At some point, I started to really hide what I was doing for vacations so I could be more accepted. And, um, and I, I caught myself crying. For the last six months when I was you were actually crying in, on your way, way out, to work I cried my way to work I felt like a really big agony inside of me and I was like I'm just spending this day again and I was about to turn 30 and then I looked one day and I, I started thinking like if I want to be really good at this and I want to be really good at what I do by the time I'm 40 by the time I'm 40 I'm going to be pretty good in taxes and that's what my world is going to be like. Uh, I have to study this a lot and put a lot of money on it. And I, so I, I, I started feeling that that wasn't right for me. At some point, uh, my boss called me and uh, gave me a promotion and gave me more money. I just looked at him and said, no, I, I need, that's it. I need to quit. Wow. Yeah, I just knew it. It's like I, I cannot get more comfortable here. If I start getting more money and more privilege, I'm not leaving. So I have to leave now. <laughs> what happened then? So you quit and then you were like, you had a backup plan? I didn't, but I got lucky again. Um, the thing is, as I was really specialized, um, my boss asked me to stay one more year. So because it would take him a while to train someone uh, into doing what I did. But as I kept working from home office, I, I started then uh, looking for the things I wanted to study. I understood that I was always reading something about uh, human behavior and um, how to pursue happiness. And I, I saw that this is what I had to do something with my life with. So I know exactly what you mean from my own experience. And I know that when your job does not support your purpose, your energy drops 
You might still try to turn up for work just to get paid, but you feel completely lost and you lose confidence. And that's when it was happening to me. And a lot of my friends and colleagues were saying, what's the matter with you? You can't, why can't you just carry on? So how did your family react when you quit? Your parents, your husband, they must have been so proud of you. And suddenly you're telling them, okay, I'm now pursuing happiness. Right. Good luck. Yes, they are. They were, they were <laughs> a little shocked because yes, it's like you're throwing that away. Uh, I studied in the best university of Brazil and it's really hard to get in. So, um, but then they, they saw that I wasn't happy. That didn't make sense for me in my life. Uh, you said something before that I found it really interesting. It's that if you have a job, sometimes if, if you don't like the job you have, you should go in and go out and don't think about it in the end of the day. It's just about the money. But when you're willing to make a career out of something, it means you have to give more than just the hours of the work. So, And I wanted to have a career you know, and use what I have inside for it. So um, I started to realize that, um, that, that, that that's the only option I had. And my, my family understood that pretty well. So I got lucky again <laughs> for having a lot of support on that matter. Tim, do you, how do you see yourself in, say, 10 years' time? Do you think you'll still be working for a, 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 your a multinational? Or do, are you beginning to feel the stirrings of freedom? <laughs> inside you somewhere <laughs> so it's a it's a great question um i i think as long as i can continue to fill uh fulfill the elements that i mentioned earlier in terms of really feeling like i'm i'm being able to creatively change things and actually make an impact on a scale that's significant i think that that's the that's what a multinational gives you it's it's a global thing it's a it's getting to see your ideas put in motion around the world and, and to see that impact and change. And I think as long as I can have that and then, as I said, to can also continue to experience different people and, and what they, they have in cultures, then yes. You know, that said, um, you know, I, I also think that those types of things could be fulfilled in different ways. Um, I have a, a creative arts background and being in the music industry in the past and, 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 and that side, I think, is probably something that's been let go a bit because of so much focus on corporate. And I do think that maybe different elements of that could be could be revived. Um, and I also like working with uh, sometimes on a smaller scale and getting to see things move from sort of seed to seedling, if you will, as opposed to seedling to big tree, which is is a bit what what uh, or big tree to bigger tree, uh, which is sort of what I do day in and day out now. Um, so I, I think if I am, then it's because I think I'm still somehow fulfilled by that. And if and if I'm not fulfilled, I would hope that I don't uh, end up in a situation like the last few months of uh, Lainey's uh, situation where I'm, I'm sort of dreading going to work or crying in the morning and all of that, because then I, I will certainly need to get out um, because then then what's the point? So, Eleni, we left you your story at the point where you made that bold decision and uh, your family, having got over the initial shock, uh, decided that they would support you after all. Yeah. So what did you do next? So I started learning ontological coaching. I made a master of it. It was like two years and a half. Learning what, sorry? Ontological coaching. It is uh, ontological... Uh... Tina, your face. <laughs> it's a line of philosophy. Like what? <laughs> I'm constantly amazed by the kind of things people study, you know, ontological coaching. <laughs> what is that? 
Every conversation I have with Tina, I always learn new things. And, and I think so far that's two for two with Eleni now as well. So it's, it's a new world. Yeah, people, I, I wish it had a better name. You know, the thing I don't like about ontological coaching is the name. The rest, I love it. But ontology, well, it's a line of philosophy that studies uh, the science of the being. So the ontological coaching studies the expression of the being through language. So it's a pretty uh, pragmatical study that uh, allows you to understand in a person what's the difference between what she's saying, what she's behaving, and what she's wanting in her heart. Uh, so it uh, by picking up these contradictions, you just kind of throw them back at the person and then make them a question that would make them think about it and, and make their inner clicks to understand it because uh, the job is not to give the answers but to make the good questions. And that's, and that's what I'm thinking. Can we really afford to be guided by our heart? Does our life purpose have any value in the marketplace? What if it doesn't? Is ruling your life a luxury for the well-off? And if you need to support yourself, you take whatever is offered, whether you like it or not. So then your bank account rules your life. What do you reckon, Tim? No, I think it's, it is a good question. And it's actually something that Tina and I have discussed at length about sort of is this, is this actually applicable to everybody? And can it be or is it just a, a nice advantage for maybe a few that can sort of go this direction? I think there's a, another piece to this, though, and, and I reflect a bit on my own experience here, which is that you do have to be willing to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Because I think there, if, if you only look within your comfort zone and say, I want to follow my, my heart, then I think you're really limiting and restricting the options that you, you have. But I mean, like Eleni said, I mean, willing to walk away from a job, willing to uh, you know, even forego maybe what all of your experience and uh, and outside expectations are telling you that you should you should do. Um, or in my case, it was actually more related to just uprooting myself from from a very comfortable lifestyle in my, you know, in, in suburban United States and say, actually, the world is bigger. There are different types of opportunities because then by nature, what you've done is opened up uh, your your opportunities to a much much broader sense that where you you I think have a better shot of finding that one thing or those few things that you can actually do that fulfill your purpose while also uh, earning a, a, enough to at the very least put put food on the table um, and take care of your family so I think if you don't do that element if you're not willing to put yourself out a little bit and say you know maybe I studied this or I had the expectation of my parents of this or of my 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 partner or my loved one of that then I think it actually would be quite hard and challenging. And then, yeah, you probably need a big pile of money sitting in your bank account. And, and I'd rather call that actually a midlife crisis rather than a, than a searching for purpose at that point. It's not, I wouldn't say it's actually the same, uh, the same thing. So, so you see, uh, you, you've just said that, uh, you know, you'd rather call it a midlife crisis. This is exactly what I'm going through, but I prefer to, 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 to call it searching for a purpose. <laughs> So you really should call Eleni then. I think she's, uh, <laughs> she can. <laughs> so Tina, you work for a purpose-led company, which is very rare in the job market. And you have spent years exploring your life purpose. Do you know exactly what's in your heart? That's the one question that bothers me now that I've started talking to Eleni. She set me off on a journey now. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, like what's, what's really in my heart, I, I couldn't really put in words for a really long time, right? So when I say now my purpose mission is to unify the world, I can really feel that. And now looking back on my life, I was kind of like pulled, I think, always in this kind of direction. 
And I also feel now I was reflecting on it. Okay, how do I do that? And I do it in, in literally breaking down boundaries to connect. And that's happening with creating awareness or with just, you know, kind of like getting the roadblocks out. And I mean, I'm really practicing it in in organizations. That's my field. And I guess that also came over the time, you know, having a business administration background, bachelor's and master's, it kind of like that created my my context in that sense. And also how my purpose, I would say, got more clear and got more developed and with traveling to different kind of countries, you know, meeting different kind of people, including different kind of perspectives. Yeah, but I feel it, I would say, Dina, yes. <laughs> it changes. It can change every day what's in your heart. So you have to keep listening. It's not about knowing the message, but knowing how to listen, what he wants to tell you. And um, the heart doesn't speak in words. He, he speaks in images and feelings and sensations. And trying to understand that with a rational mind, it's complicated because it doesn't come with a rational thinking. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's an exercise of being in touch and listening to these other intelligence that we have inside that have a lot to tell us about our perception. We're just so used to develop the perception of uh, rational and the eyes. So what we see, what we believe, what we can understand. And there are some things that we can't understand, but yet they exist, right? Uh, and it's it's hard for our human thinking to understand that we have different intelligence that work with autonomy inside of us. So it's a listening uh, exercise to know what your heart says. Wow, this is fascinating, you, you know, what's inside our heart. That takes us to a place deep inside ourselves. And even... When we rule our life from there, what about the outside world? Going back to corporations, there are companies that are actually doing actual evil out there in terms of destroying the environment, in terms of exploiting whole populations, in terms of pushing products on people that are harmful, right? Can your purpose really take you to work in those environments? It's the place I want to go because it's needed. If you don't start a transformation from inside, I mean, they're going to keep being evil and evil. But if you're there and you can help make transformation from inside out, that's great. If that's taking so much of your energy, then leave because you're not responsible of taking care of the world. But... Uh, we have a lot of discussions. Do we, should we uh, make consultancy for a company that's destroying the Amazon? I don't know. Maybe if I'm there, I can help them start destroying the Amazon by changing their minds, you know? So what's the purpose of this? Uh, what real impact can I make? It's about the action. You do have to probably, at least me personally, there's a level of trying to align yourself to your company's purpose or to what they're trying to do. And that, Dina, is where you do have to make a judgment call in terms of how important that is for you. And I actually go the other way. Quite frankly, I love working in a sector where the fundamental product that we make is helping people. But I would say that that's not the main thing. The main thing that gets me out of work and, and, and gets me going and gets me on an airplane to fly all around the world is all of these things is, is the connecting to the people and to driving change and transformation. It just so happens that it also can align with a nice industry that I enjoy working for. So would I go and do what I'm doing now for a tobacco company or for, for – Maybe a company where I believe the fundamental product is wrong or the practices are so wrong that it certainly wouldn't be worth that. It's a balance because I'd have to find what is that point for me. And honestly, I don't know it. I think first and foremost, it's about my personal pur purpose and the company just somehow plays a role uh, in that and being comfortable with it overall. 
Well, I mean, you know, I work in the oil and gas industry, right? As well as textile. <laughs> it, it couldn't be yeah. any worse, Tina. It couldn't be any worse. I know. It's like it's in a. It's in the in, in the top five of the most polluting industries of our times currently, right? So if you mention it at a birthday party, people are looking at you like, are you a crazy person, right? But um, what, what I always felt like you can make impact in any kind of context you are and in any size, you know, and impact is impact. That's it. Like positive impact can really change somebody's life. And it's not about taking on the whole sector and but if I don't do anything and then there is nothing okay well I think it's time to sum up what we've heard today um, my takeaway is if you work in a large company and you want to have a career it's important to be clear about your own purpose as well as the company's purpose and in my case for years I kind of knew what my purpose was but I didn't feel the need to put it into words. It's only when my energy levels started to drop, that's when I realized that I'm out of alignment with my life purpose and something needs to change. So after today's conversation, I'm inspired to start formulating my life purpose. And um, that might take a while, but, but that's my inspiration for today. And is there anything that inspired you, Eleni? Um, well, um, I think the these while we were talking, I found out some things that I I wasn't aware that I was aware, and uh, something that Tim said is that what inspires me is that he can um, have the maturity level to understand that he is different from the company, and I I didn't really get that from um, when I was younger and I was like fighting everything and wanting to fight the system. I didn't have the inner peace, for example, to make like a soft change or to understand that things they integrate, they do not, they don't exclude. So I think this is, this is really inspiring for me to, to understand this. I, I knew this, but I didn't really understand this until today. What inspired me is, you know, when I think about innovators, there's always a component of that, which is a risk taker, right? And we always celebrate the Elon Musks and the Steve Jobs and all of this, but actually, it's also for people like like Eleni, right? That that uh, you know, to to go out and say this very comfortable lifestyle, which I could re I can relate a lot to that. A lot of the benefits that she mentioned are aligned with the benefits that I get in my career, and to be able to say, you know, that's really good, but actually, I think that my effort, my passion, my heart is better focused elsewhere. Um, that to me is 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 sort of innovation in itself almost and is the level of risk taking that you want to see more of in the world, especially in, in quite frankly, in, in a, in a place like Brazil, um, where the world could probably use more people like Eleni. So that's, was very inspiring actually. And you've always teed up her story to me, Tina, that Eleni's a really inspiring person, but uh, it was nice to hear it in person as well. There is one more point that came to mind after this conversation. Have you seen that jigsaw, the Ikigai theory? You will find the link in the show notes. There are four questions there. What do I love to do? What am I good at? What does the world need? And what can I get paid for? Where the four answers meet, that's where you find your life purpose. So this is an elegant formula which allows you to combine the inner and the outer and to keep them in balance, and it might help you to navigate change. Email us with your inspirational stories if you would like to feature on our website, whorulesyourlife.com. 
with dashes between words. Download, subscribe and review our podcast. Let's explore our life purpose together. And that's it from today's episode of Who Rules Your Life? Podcasting with the people who live their purpose. Many thanks to our guests today, Eleni Favero and Tim White. It's goodbye from us, Tina Newman and Tina Bieber. Until next week.